The state of the universe. What the hell do you know about the state of the universe? We're back. We are back. Why did we take a week off? I don't know. That was the first week. That was the first week that I took off since I started doing this, except for Christmas. Christmas doesn't count. I mean, it doesn't count. Come on. It doesn't count. But this is the first one. And I've been pounding away at this. And I've even ramped up to the point where I'm doing two episodes a week now. And I just took a week off. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I got burnt out. Um, I don't think I got burnt out. Honestly, I think I was just a little sad, a little down, a little depressed. About what? I don't know. Honestly, I live in America. What the fuck do I have to be sad about? I live in the greatest country. And I don't say that in like a, in like a, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Nationalistic way, right? I'm not like super nationalistic. I'm not super happy with my country. I don't like wear an American flag t-shirt. I'm not happy with everything that goes on here, but still the greatest country in the world. You know, there's no, there's nothing. I mean, if we're being objective, if we're just being objective and we're talking about the best country in the world, the best place to be, the place with the least amount of, of, you know, anything that is bad for you, except for fast food, right? Except for fast food. If you want the highest fast food per capita, you got to come to the United States. But we're pretty much the best at everything else. I mean, we just are. It's just the best place to be. And maybe that is bullshit. Could it be bullshit? Yeah, it could be. But that's at least what I perceive. You know, there's like there's no better place to be. I had this conversation with um with with a, a another white dude, okay? I was talking to another white dude about living in other parts of the world and we were talking specifically about racism okay and i and the reason i tell you i was talking to the white dude is important because i'm talking to the white dude and i am telling him that this is the best country to live in in terms of of getting the most culturally diverse place on the planet right and he was like a a super lefty a super lefty type and i'm kind of a, on the i'm on the left a little bit you know a little bit of the uh, a little bit on the left. I'm sort of more centrist, but I'm a little on the left. But th- he's a hard lefty. And he was trying to tell me that that's not true and that this isn't the best place to be and, and there's all this racism and there's all this bad shit here. But then I involved some culturally diverse people so there's not just a bunch of white dudes talking about dumb shit that they don't know anything about. And, and I, I, I started talking to other people in my region, we'll say, around my office people that are from different parts of the country because academia is is super diverse if you want diversity go into academia that's where you're going to find it it's a and it's good and i'm glad it's that way but then i started talking to people who are from india and and people of of muslim faith and they assured they assured me of what i believed they said this is the best place to be if you if you want to find a culturally diverse area where pretty much anyone can fit in, because the shit you see on the news where racist people are are you know beating up are beating up all the black people they see and and Muslims are getting you know thrown bottles at their heads or, or whatever the fuck you see on the TV, that's bullshit, okay? Because that doesn't actually happen. That's fake. That's nonsense. That's not representative of what actually happens, you know, in the majority of the country. And so I talked to, to her and to some other people, and they assured me exactly what, what I thought, okay? Now, there are certain places, obviously, there's going to be maybe less racism against a Muslim in a country that is primarily Muslims, okay? But, but, I'm just talking about in general. You know, if you could feasibly come up with some statistic, racism per capita, America would be at the very, very low end of that number. They just would. Because the majority of people here are very, very accepting. They are. And even if they're not accepting, then they're not outright racist. They're not going to, like, you know, not let you on the bus because you're Chinese or whatever. That shit doesn't happen. But that that's just the truth, right? This isn't an overtly racist... I don't even... Why am I even talking about this? How did this even get brought up? I don't even know. But, um, America... This is interesting to divert into real information facts um i read recently and i did some research into this america is 
for the first time in a very long time, now declining in its life expectancy. It's declining in its life expectancy for the first time. You would think that it shouldn't. It shouldn't decline because medicine is only getting better, right? Care, care is only getting better. We have people alive in nursing homes right now that simply shouldn't be alive if nature had its choice, right? These are people that are literally just kept alive in thousands, maybe even millions of people that are literally just kept alive to live to an age 30, 40, sometimes even 50 years beyond what nature should allow if they were, say, put in the woods and told to fend for themselves. So we're at a point now where, where modern medicine is extending the lives of millions and millions of people well beyond what was ever possible. But yet, the life expectancy is declining. And the reason the life expectancy is declining is very simple. It's a very simple reason. And it's, opioid it's the opioid epidemic combined with the fact that for some reason... A reason that isn't well understood, although people like to pretend they have the answers. People in America are killing themselves at a rate that is incredibly high compared to historical numbers. I mean, in 2017, there were 80,000 opioid overdoses. All right? Couple that with 40-some thousand suicides. Okay? Now, these combined are taking the lives of primarily younger people people in their 20s, people sometimes in their teens, but not necessarily people in their 60s and 70s. And so it's drag it's taking that number, that life expectancy, and it's pulling it down. And it's pulling it down drastically. And right now, we're sitting at like number 36 in the world. In terms of life expectancy, we're sitting at like number 36. And it's only expected to decrease further. Projections put that number in 2040 all the way down to like number 70. Right? So we have the best medical care here out of arguably any country in the world. We have the most advanced medical technology that has ever existed. And yet, it's plummeting. And that's very interesting to me. And it's incredibly interesting. And then I got down a rabbit hole and I started looking at what countries have the highest life expectancies. And some of them are things, countries you would expect, like Japan. Japan is always very high on that list. Japan produces like an outrageous number of the longest living people. Like if you look up the longest living people, a, a list of the top 100 people that live the longest ever, there is a crazy percentage of them that, that are Japanese. I don't know what it is about the culture. I don't know what it is about the diet. I don't know what it is about the way they live. But something allows them to live incredibly long lives. But there are some interesting countries that are emerging on that list, okay? Countries like Switzerland, countries like Sweden, Norway, Iceland, essentially Northern European countries are emerging on that list. And I find that very interesting. And the reason, the primary reason, and Spain is another one, not the Northern European, but, but still emerging and climbing and climbing. And maybe, maybe it could even take over. Some of these countries I'm naming could even take over Japan in the near future. Why? Because if you look at Switzerland, Sweden, Norway, Iceland, Spain in particular, Spain in particular, okay, the diets aren't incredibly good. For Iceland, the diet is very good. For Switzerland, Sweden, Norway, the diets are good. But for Spain, you're not talking about like an incredible diet. You're just not, okay? It's not as bad as America, but it's certainly not top-notch. You're not, you don't have the population eating the healthiest foods that exist. You just don't, okay? In Iceland, you have people literally living off of the land. I mean, the, the lack of chemicals that they put into their body in Iceland is probably insane and very primitive. The food they eat is primarily like primitive food, right? We're talking about going catching your own fish and killing your own animals and... God, what's in my throat? I love when stuff is in my throat. Mm. It's literally my favorite thing. I just love it. It just makes me so goddamn happy. But um, wh what's primarily I find interesting about this is some of these countries I'm naming you are also some of the countries with the highest rate of smoking. So how is it that you have a country 
whose whose life expectancy is emerging as one of the top in the world, but its rate of doing bad things like smoking and drinking are very high too. I don't understand the connection, okay? And I suspect that whatever is influencing American life, the that causes hundreds of thousands of people to overdose on opioids or and or kill themselves, whether accidentally or not, something is causing that to happen here, and it's not necessarily causing it to happen somewhere else, okay? And what that is, I don't know. And why America is so damn sad and depressed, I don't understand either, you know? But at the same time, at the same time, I do understand. Like, I get it. I get, like, the trials and tribulations of, of everyday life. And, and even though you can look in the mirror and say that um, you're in the, the best situation you've ever been in, in the best country that exists, there's something going on in American culture. I don't know if it has to do with social media. I don't know what it has to do with. But something is making everyone so fucking sad. And I don't get it. And I, I, don't, I don't claim to get it. And I, I'm not sure if anyone out there does claim to understand or to have a reason, but I, none seem clear to me. None seem clear to me. Because it's not just the bad habits we have. It's not just the fast food and, and the lack of exercise and the smoking and, and that sort of thing. Because we do that stuff more in some cases than other countries, but also less than other countries. So, you know, th th there's no clear correlation there between rates of smoking and life expectancies in countries and why? Why? And I, I suspect that it has so much to do with the way they live. The way that a, a, your average family in Switzerland lives versus the way your average family in the United States lives. There is so something important there. A difference, a fundamental difference. And I don't, I don't, I don't claim to understand it, but nevertheless, it's very interesting sort of statistics and numbers to have in your head. And just something to think about. Something to think about. Because we do live in a damn good place for most of you listening. For mo and I was in a funk last week. And, you know, I wish I could give another reason for why I didn't upload an episode than that. But I can't. That's just it. I just didn't feel like it. Okay? And it wasn't laziness because I'm not like an inherently lazy person. I just didn't feel like it. All right? And... Honestly, and then, and then, like, you know, I'll see these supportive comments and, and I'll see, you know, supportive reviews. And I, I get an email because someone left an iTunes review and it was like, Brendan, I love your show. It was from Ireland. A person I don't know. I've never met. And I don't know why this one meant so much to me, but, but I read it. And if you're listening right now, thank you so much. I'm not going to say your name because I don't want to give it away. I don't want people to know, oh, I know that guy. Um, and then you feel weird. But he was like, Brendan, I love your show. It makes me laugh. Uh, every time I listen, it's my favorite. Stuff like that. And that made me realize, like, god damn it, I'm fucking privileged. Like, I'm a fucking bitch. Jeez, why am I cursing so much? Sorry, people. Because, you know, I, I, how could I not make an episode? And how could I get in this funk when I have people out there like that? Who are like, you know, and, and maybe I de they depend on me for happiness for... 1% of the time in their week. Just 1% of the time they listen to this and, and for whatever reason they enjoy it. And then they enjoy it and because of that, that should give me incentive to continue putting out episodes every week, twice a week, whatever. But for whatever reason, I just didn't have it. I didn't have it in me. And I, I, I don't know. I just don't know. But... There's some interesting stuff going on in science that I'm here to talk to you. Do you know what you're listening to anyway? This is the state of the universe, and my name is Brendan Drackler. And that, and generally, I do this thing. I do this thing on this podcast where I like try to say something in the first one minute that captures your attention, and then I say, "Hey, this is the state of the universe, and my name is Brendan." And I do that, and it's like trying to retain viewers, and it works well, okay? Am I a genius? Yes. Should you listen to everything I say? Yes. Should you, right now, take notes? Yes. Should you get those notes notarized? Yes. Should you get a witness to notarize them? Yes. 
Should you make a plaque and put it on your wall? Yes. So you should do all that. But generally, that thing is only a minute. And for some reason, I just talked about suicide for 16 minutes. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it, it gave you something interesting to take take with you. But that's not what I'm here to talk to you about. I'm here to talk to you about science, space. I guess that was science, right? Because it's a problem. It's a problem that we haven't solved. And we need to solve it. And we need to figure it out. And we don't have a solution. So let me tell you what the solution isn't. Doing drugs. Becoming an opioid addict. Not, not raising your kids well. That's not a solution. You know, not having a family. I often wonder to what degree that is a problem in this country. You know, we, we have such a problem with families. We have more single parent households than I think we've ever had. Okay? That's not a good environment. That's one of the things that actually pisses me off about this whole equality movement. Okay? Good. Equality's great. I agree. But we they tend to do this thing where they like, Throw a blanket over white people. And I think that's interesting. You know, like white privilege. Oh, you're white, so you are in some way privileged. No. No. There's tens of millions of kids out there who are perfectly white when you look at them. But they do not come from a privileged environment. They, they come with shitty parents. In some cases, just one. In some cases, none. Okay? And they're put into an environment that they have no control over. And that environment has full control over them and they ra- and they and they grow up and they grow up with no experience with no nothing to look up to with nothing to inspire them to do something good in life okay that is a is a real big problem and it doesn't matter if you're white it doesn't matter if you're black it doesn't matter if you're hispanic or a woman it doesn't fucking matter what matters is that we have a, a generation of children who are being raised in the shittiest of environments and then we have parents who are just absolutely horrible at their jobs and don't understand the importance of being a good fucking parent, of raising your kid. You don't have to have a perfect environment. You don't have to be rich. You don't even have to have a nice car. You don't even have to go to a good school district. You don't need any of that. The fundamentally most important thing is to have a good support system at home. And for kids that don't have that, they're not going to achieve much in their life. Okay, because the cards, the chips are stacked way, way too high against them. Way too high. Okay, for every kid that makes it out of a single parent household and becomes something great, regardless of race, there's hundreds that don't, thousands that don't, thousands that say, okay, college, cool, not going to do that. You know what I am going to do? Shoot heroin into my fucking arm. You know, and so maybe did I just solve the opioid crisis? Yeah. Do you know how you solve it? Be better people. And show support to the people around you. That's it. Okay? And and reach out and say, Hey, James, I know you're not feeling well today, but maybe you should identify a passion you have and begin pursuing it. And as you pursue that passion, I'm not going to kick you down. I'm instead going to say, James... That song was really good. Here's some constructive criticism. Now go write a new rap song. Can I help you with it? Do you need me to make you a SoundCloud account? Do you need me to buy you hosting online so you can host it? Do you need me to teach you how to edit the video? Be supportive of people and their goals and their ambitions. Don't kick people down. That's it. That's it. Like that. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah. You know, I could just say that forever. But anyway. Again, that's not what you're here for. You're here not to listen to me. Well, you are here to listen to me talk, actually. So realistically, I could talk about whatever I want. I try not to curse. I try not to curse on the podcast much. Um, That's not even true. I, I just try not to be, like, overly explicit. And the reason I try not to be overly explicit is because most of the people I interview are in academia. And I have a fear. And the fear is that when I reach out to people to be on the show... And they, and they look into it because anyone who I reach out to should ideally look into the format of the show before they agree to it. All right. And I have people that agree to it and then later on decide they don't want to be involved anymore because I say the word fuck, which is just unbelievable to me. Okay. And realistically, I don't want to interview that person anyway because that person I can't actually have a real conversation with because they're not a real person. They're not a real person that anyone else can identify with. 
okay? People, ordinary people listening to this, you, whoever you are out there, you can't identify with some Muppet in a university who's afraid to say the F word, all right? You just can't. That's not someone that you want to even listen to speak. It's just simply not. It's boring. It's mundane. No one gives a fuck about that person, all right? And so while they might have perfectly a perfectly successful life in their bubble of academia, no one wants to hear what they have to say because no one can identify with them. Because in the real world, people have real thoughts, and those thoughts are sometimes explicit and visceral. And if you want to listen to someone that's entertaining, then you sometimes have to deal with that. So am I saying I'm entertaining because I curse a lot? Maybe. Am I saying I try to tone it down? Yeah, I do. I try to tone it down because I don't want people to listen to the show and then decide they don't want to be interviewed by me because I tend to say the F word. And also, when I have people on the show, I talk to them about it and I say, we can do this clean or we can do it explicit. I have a filter in my head. It's very good. I can click it on and off. I'm excellent at it. I'm the best. Just simply the best. And so I give talk to people about that. And some people, the most entertaining people, if you will, are the people who say, no, be yourself. Be yourself. Whatever comes out, comes out. But the people who are the most boring, those people tend to be the people who are like, no, no, don't curse because if you curse, then then maybe the people at my university, the dean, might say, James, you cursed on that podcast, so now we're not going to give you tenure because you cursed. So we can't have you here because you cursed. And you cursed. And it offended the students. The students are offended that, James, they think this should be a safe place, James. This should be a safe place where there's no cursing, James. Because people are offended by the curse words, James. You said, and I quote, you said, you said this, James, you said, I want to sit on my ass. And you said ass, James. And people heard that, James. And now they're going to look bad. Now it's going to look bad on, on our facility. They're going to think that here at our university, we condone the use of that language. We don't condone the word ass here, James. Do people think that? Do pe- I think people think that. I think that some of the people that I try to invite on here and that decline actually think that that matters. You're on a, a rock going around a star, a giant nuclear reactor. You're on a tiny little rock, okay? And that rock is just happens to be magical enough to have water on it. And it just happens to be magical enough to have a magnetic field because it has liquid iron in its core. And that magne- magnetic field is just right so that it can protect you from the massive nuclear reactor throwing shit at you. And somehow you manage to survive. And in the meantime, you find the time to complain about someone saying fuck on a podcast. I guess I understand. I guess I do. Not really dumb. It's just dumb. It's just dumb. Like, I, it, it just boggles my mind. Like, it honestly just boggles my mind. But anyway, did you hear about this? The Pentagon? The Pentagon has launched a program to investigate UFO sightings. Now, this is interesting, okay? And I'll tell you why this is interesting, because the, the Pentagon actually had a program like this before. And it started in 2007, and it ran all the way to 2012. And it got $22 million per year in its budget out of $600 billion. And they were very careful about this when they launched it. It was sort of under the radar. And in order to find that $22 million, you, you really had to dig deep in the budget, right? It wasn't classified, but you had to dig deep. They didn't want you to know that they were looking for UFOs. And the reason, I suppose, okay, this is what I, th- I think. I, I look at this news, and, and the scientific part of my brain says, okay, they're rolling out a program that says we're going to investigate UFO sightings. My suspicion is that the reason they do that is because there's a lot of countries out there that are, you know, developing technology, new technology, and they're doing it behind closed doors. And so a Air Force pilot might be flying somewhere, and they might see some object that doesn't look normal to them, some weird object. It looks like nothing they've ever seen, all right? And now, because of the stigma associated with reporting a UFO, because of the fact that you seem like a lunatic, all right, and I don't think that's true, but I, I think the majority of people would think that's true. Like, if you're reporting UFO sightings, then, then you're crazy, all right? And, and um, you know, there's, what, 10,000 UFO reports a year, maybe, in the U.S.? I don't know. It's a number I'm making up. It's in the thousands, I imagine. 
what do you think? 90% of those people are lunatics? Yeah, probably. 90% of the people are just looking at like a hot air balloon or an airplane and thinking it's a UFO? Yeah, that's true. But if you have highly trained people who don't recognize the technology that they see, it's a good idea to say, listen, listen, buddy, you're in the Air Force. You're not going to be demoted. You're not going to be looked down upon if you come to your superiors and say, hey, man, I was flying over there and I saw this weird thing. It looked like a V. It was flat. I, I, there was a, it looked like there was a, an alien in it. He was speaking Russian. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know? So it's a good idea to try to get rid of that stigma by rolling out a program like this, by saying, listen, we're going to put money towards actually trying to investigate these UFO sightings and, and, and close the cases and say, okay, that, in that case, uh, there was a rocket launch. SpaceX was launching, launching some shit. It's fine. You just saw like a capsule come loose, whatever. Or wait a minute. Russia is developing new technology. We should be careful. Okay? And so it's a good idea to enroll that. But that, and that's what my scientific brain was thinking. But then I started looking into the original, the original program that started in 2007. And, and I was very interested in that. And, and I looked into the history of the legislation. And the legislation was pioneered by a guy named Harry Reid. Okay? And Harry Reid was a, a Democrat out of Nevada. And he sort of pioneered this program. He came up with this idea. He said, we need to put money towards this. We need to, you know, try to investigate UFO sightings, whatever. And that's all normal, right? Nothing weird about that. But then you start to look into this Harry Reid guy. And you see that the $22 million that were allocated per year, they almost it almost all went to an aerospace research company owned by a guy by the name of Robert Bigelow. And Robert Bigelow... Follow me here, please. Robert Bigelow was very good friends with this Harry Reid character. And then Bigelow was interviewed on 60 Minutes, all right? And I pulled a quote from the 60 Minutes. And he said that he was absolutely convinced that aliens existed and UFOs have visited us. So now we get into an interesting position where, in my mind, the legislation is meant to eliminate the stigma. And maybe it does that. But then you, you look into the actual person who pushed the legislation and you realize, wait a minute, this dude actually believes that aliens have visited us and that UFOs are actually aliens. Huh. Now, I'm not saying that didn't happen. All right. I'm just saying it didn't happen. You know, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying aliens didn't visit us. And they fly around in UFOs. I'm just saying aliens didn't visit us and they didn't fly around in UFOs. That's all I'm saying. Okay? So I just want to clarify. I'm not saying that there aren't aliens that have visited the, the United States air bases across the world and have been seen by thousands of people. I'm just saying that aliens didn't visit us. Okay? I hope that's clear. All right? So so now we have legislation being rolled out again, where now we're putting millions of dollars into it again to try to detect aliens, not literally detect aliens, but, but to try to to, you know, sort of investigate UFO sightings. And I wonder to what degree, like to what degree can someone's like this Robert Bigelow character, he's friends with with a lawmaker, okay? There's tons of lawmakers out there and they have tons of friends. I'm curious how much how much dumb legislation was literally just created because a lawmaker had a dumb friend. You know, because Bigelow's out there saying, hey, Reed, guess what? There's aliens flying around in our airspace right now, and we need to go detect them. And guess what? You could be the politician who helps do it. You could be the president in the future because you'll be the one to speak with the aliens. How much legislation do you think literally starts out that way? By just some dumb guy getting into the ear of a politician. Probably a lot. So now I'm curious how this new piece of legislation gets pushed. 
All right. How do we now enroll out another tens of millions of dollars to put forth investigating UFO sightings? And I don't even think it's a bad idea. And, and I'm not saying that, that it shouldn't be. It sh- I'm not saying it shouldn't exist. Okay. I'm fine with it existing. I think it's interesting. I would love if tomorrow we detected a literal UFO, if we got pictures of one, if we were like, hey, guess what, American public? We just saw a flying saucer. Here's a picture of it. We can't explain it. That would be awesome. That would be the coolest thing ever. All right? Unfortunately, that has never happened. I know there's a lot of dum-dums out there who claim to have taken pictures of flying saucers when, in fact, they were just hot air balloons or seagulls. Okay? But that would be really damn cool if we could do it. And I don't even know, I'm not even saying it, it won't happen, okay? I could, it's perfectly feasible that there's some government, China is out there, you know, developing some new aircraft that we've never seen before and that we don't have the technology to produce and that they're flying it in the U.S. airspace and no one knows and that we, we are actually seeing them and everyone just says, nah, Larry, you're crazy. You think you got a, you, you, you're claiming you got probed every week, dummy, get out of here. And in fact, Larry's actually like, on the verge of, of of figuring out some serious war crimes. I don't know. You know, no one knows. But uh it's interesting. It's very interesting and 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 I'm not mad at programs like this. But it's interesting to know that they exist and that people are, are sitting down in in, you know courthouses or, or or what's it called where people make laws? Does that have a name? It's definitely not a courthouse. A courthouse is where you break laws. Where, where do you make laws? I'm just a bill, and I'm only a bill, and I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Is there a name to describe the the building that the law is drafted up in? I feel like that's something that I should know. I'm not talking about like the chain of command of a bill. I could sing the damn bill song all day. Okay, I'm talking about like the name of a building. I don't know. We'll call it a lawmaking building. A lawmaking building. I don't even remember why I needed to know the name of that building. So we'll just move on. We'll just move on. So the point is, if you see a UFO sighting, if, you, if you're if you the person, if you're dumb Larry who sees aliens, you're actually encouraged to report it now. Because it might very well be literally investigated. They might come talk to you. They might say, hey, Larry, what'd you see? Did they probe you, Larry? Did they stick something in your butt, Larry? What's going on, Larry? You know, they might come talk to you because they're putting money towards this. You know, and this is an important thing. It actually is. You know, if you think about it from literally like a, a, a technological standpoint, it's an important thing because if a new country rolls out technology that we haven't seen before, it literally fits the bill on identified flying object. And it's very important to know if they're flying over our heads, you know? So good, good, good. Search for UFOs. I'm not even mad at it. Uh, maybe you saw. Maybe you didn't. I didn't get a chance to have Nate on. I was saving this news topic for when Nate was on. But I haven't had Nate on in a while because he's been doing dumb shit like traveling. Why is he traveling? I don't get it. Nate, if you're listening, you suck. Okay? But Blue Origin unveiled their new lunar lander known as Blue Moon. Okay? And if you don't know what Blue Origin is, it's an aerospace company pioneered by... Jeff Bezos, the richest man alive. How about this? Jeff Bezos got a divorce from his wife because he was he was banging some other girl and they got a divorce and Jeff Bezos' wife became the third richest woman alive overnight. She got $35 billion in that divorce. Hey, Jeff Bezos' wife, congratulations, you got divorced and now you're rich. Good job. Proud of you. You know? And women are out there cheering you on. Yes, equality, equality, yes. The women are rich again. Meanwhile, Jeff Bezos' wife is making it rain while children starve to death. So, equality, great, I suppose. I don't know. But goddamn, you get divorced and you get 35 billion with a b 35 there's people in this country who would kill for a hundred dollars isn't that nuts there's people there i literally saw a guy a guy was begging me for money the other day downtown 
he would probably kill a small, he would stomp on a rodent. If I brought a groundhog out and I was like, hey, hey, Billy, homeless Billy, if you kill this rodent with your bare hands, I'll give you 20 bucks. He would do it. There are people out there killing rodents, killing guinea pigs with their bare hands for $20. And Jeff Bezos is walking around with $130 billion. $130 billion. That means he could fund the entire Apollo program from its beginning to its end, accounting for inflation from his assets alone. I almost said from his bank account, but you don't keep $135 billion in the bank unless you're dumb. Okay? So he could fund it all. He could fund, he could pay off, he, you know what's funny though about that? You know what he couldn't do with that money? Pay off the student debt of this country. Nope. Not even 10 Jeff Bezoses could pay that off, which is just both horrifying and sad, honestly. Just kind of sad. So, yeah, Jeff Bezos, you're rich, but you ain't student loan debt rich. All right? So, I don't know. Make more money. Come out with one day free shipping. Come out with half day free shipping. Have a drone that can drop the package off. By the way, actually, I was supposed to get two packages today. Where are they, Bezos? I just remembered that shit. Now I'm pissed because I needed those packages. God damn it. I have head, I ordered headphones because my old one's broke. Where are they? You told me one day free shipping. And I'm pissed now because I just remembered that. Bezos, what a dick. Now that he gets divorced, all of a sudden he can't uphold his end of the bargain. What was she? What's her name? Melissa? What was she doing? Packaging everything? Now that she's out of the picture, we got four-day free shipping? God, maybe she deserved that $35 billion. I don't even think she didn't deserve it, you know? I I think, you know, she probably provided some form of, of, of comfort in their relationship, some form of support that allowed Bezos to become as rich as he did. I'm not even saying she doesn't deserve it. I just think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that you can get divorced and become the third richest woman in the world. I think it's interesting that you could just, you know, have sign a piece of paper and then all of a sudden you get $35 billion. Pretty cool. I wish I could do that. Would I divorce my wife right now for $35 billion? Yes. But, Jessica, if you're listening, I would remarry you right away. So, there it is. You know, we, and we would have a better wedding. And we would have a better wedding. You know, and we would have, what would we have? We would have nice flowers. We did have nice flowers last time. Uh, we would have, what didn't we have nice last time that we would this time? We would not do it in Pennsylvania. That's what we would do. We would go to, uh, where would we go? We would not go to, we might go to like Utah. I don't know. Uh, Oregon, maybe Peru. I, I don't know. We'd go somewhere nice. We wouldn't be in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is a beautiful state, but mm, do you want to get married there? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, Blue Origin, now that I'm done talking about Jeff Bezos, Blue Origin unveils their new lunar lander, which is just massive. They unveiled their prototype at a press conference, and they are in the running to be the first company to get back to the moon. I think it's always weird to say that. You you can never say the first company to get to the moon. It's always got to be the first company to get back to the moon. Because for some reason, we haven't been there in 50 years. All right, but Blue Origin unveils this, and on their website, now there's no announcements yet. There's no announce. We've talked on here before. I've talked with Nate about how Donald Trump and and the United States of America intend to get back on the moon by 2024. They just intend to. That Donald Trump expects to win the next election, and in doing so, he expects to to get us back on the moon in 2024. Probably for egotistical reasons, so that he will forever be remembered as the guy to get us back to the moon. Which, honestly, good. I don't even care. Like, I'm not against it. I'm not going to say, no, I don't want him to have that title. I see people bitching online. They're like, how irresponsible of him to try to get us back to the moon in five years. Does he not know the work that that will take? Yeah, he knows the work it'll take, okay? And even if he doesn't, guess who does? The people at NASA. And guess who's excited about it? The people at NASA. You want to know why? Because we're going back to the moon, dummies. 
Okay? There's no one at NASA, and if there is, they're dumb, sitting back saying, but that's, uh, we're, we're just simply not going to be able to do it. We just don't have the technology. We don't have the manpower. We don't have the, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at, and he's running through the, he's running through the hallways and papers are flying over his glasses on, like those big Coke bottle glasses. We don't have the budget, we don't have the budget here. We don't have the budget here, sir. We can't, we can't get back to the moon by 2024. We don't, are you thinking about safety? What about spacesuits? We don't have enough spacesuits made. And he's flipping through pages and he's got Excel spreadsheets printed out. Donald Trump, sir, I don't think you, I don't think you understand. We, we can't get there by 2024. No one's doing that. Instead, everyone's saying, yes, about time that someone can put some goddamn money into this project and get us back to where we need to be. It, maybe there's people at NASA bitching, but if there is, guess what they should do? Shut up. Because we're going back, and if we have a conceited effort to get back, and we actually work together, and we actually work hard and fast and efficiently, unlike had NASA has done in the past then maybe we could get there by 2024. And this will be a, a giant step. And so NASA and the U.S. government and Blue Origin has not announced that that will be the lander that is used. There will likely be a bidding process, but this might be a spoiler, and, and Blue Origin might have already won the bid, and we just don't know about it yet. Because their website, and I don't know if this is a slip, but I found this on their website, it, a, a quote by theirs is, a, the larger variant of Blue Moon, this is their quote, has been designed to land an ascent vehicle that will allow us to return Americans to the moon by 2024. And so what we might have seen wasn't just a press conference by, by Jeff Bezos and Blue Origin, but was literally a, a showcase of the lander that will get Americans back on the moon. So with that being said, we're just about done here. But first, here's a new segment on this podcast. And we're going to call it Take This With You, okay? And it is where I give you a fact, and you, if you don't take anything else in this whole show with you, should take this one with you, okay? And the fact is about none other than the pull-out method. Yeah, you know what the pull-out method is, okay? Scientific American wrote a great, I don't know who wrote it, okay? Someone wrote a great, no, I do, I do, I do. Her name was Jen Schwartz. And the reason I remember that is because I have a friend named Jen Schwartz, okay? But it wasn't that friend. It was someone different, all right? But she wrote this article, and and she wrote an article about the pull-out method. Do you know what the pull-out method is? Let me tell you what the pull-out method is. It's where you're having sex with a woman, and then you decide to not inseminate her, and you pull out to finish. Now, is that graphic? Why, yes, it is. But was it, is, it, is it science? Why, yes, it is. Dude, I remember when I was when I was in biology, the only thing I cared about was flipping through the the book and finding the pictures of of the dicks and the vaginas, like not pictures, but like the diagrams. Like, oh, here's a testicle, and and you know, this is eleven year old me, and I'm just like, man, screw photosynthesis, let's get to the good stuff. And I'm just looking at ovaries and shit because that's all I cared about for some reason when I was in the seventh grade. I don't know. Did I learn anything in that class? Nope. Did I learn that the ovaries were on page 270 in chapter 7? Sure did. That's all I learned. So if you go back to that textbook called Biology and it's green, go to page 227 in chapter 7 and you're good to go. You're going to get a nice diagram of all sorts of ovaries and genitalia and all that sort of good stuff. Check it out. Check it out. But anyway, okay, the article, and this is the part you should take with you, describes the pullout method as withdrawing is another term you could use, or or pool and pray. How about that? Pool and pray, or my favorite, coitus interruptus. Ugh. The worst names I've ever heard. The worst names I've ever heard. Okay? And now, here's the thing I actually want to take with you. There was a study done on the effectiveness of the pull-out method versus the effectiveness of condoms. And guess what? The effectiveness of condoms are about 2%, meaning if you have sex 100 times and you use a condom every time, there are two times out of those 100 times where the condom won't work. All right? Guess what it is for the pull-out method? I would have expected it to be 40% or 70% or 100% of the time it doesn't work, but turns out it's only 4%. 
Meaning, if you have sex a hundred times and you use the pull out, sorry, coitus interruptus, if you use coitus interruptus all 100 times, then there is four times out of those hundreds that out of those, those hundred that it won't work. That is pretty good. That's pretty dead. Now, here's my question to the authors of this. How do you study that? How do you? How do you study the effectiveness of condoms even? What do you, a survey maybe? You ask women who got pregnant, uh, did, did you use a condom? Yes. And they say yes. And then you, I don't know. I, I, I literally don't even know how it's conducted. Maybe I should look into that. But how could you measure the effectiveness of the pull-out method? And then they go on to say that there are problems with the pull-out method that can be remedied to increase your chances even more, such as pulling out on time. Okay? Some men, apparently, according to this article, don't know how to pull out on time. So you have to get the timing right. You have to train, okay? Get in the gym. Get it right. So you can get the pull out at just the right second and no, oh, there it goes. And then the article, of course, has to find its way to shit on men as much as possible because for some reason we live in a world where we just love to shit on white men. I don't get it. Whatever. We'll, we'll do, keep doing it. Don't care. But but it definitely is popular. Um, finds its way to, to do that by saying that men, some men, value their own pleasure over the woman's and thus don't pull out on time on purpose so i guess you just had to fit that in there i'd love to see the data that supported that conclusion dummy i just don't get it i love how you have a perfectly legitimate article because it really is it's funny it's 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 meant to be a little humorous but it's also meant to teach you it's meant to teach you about the method the pullout method it's meant to surprise you with the fact that it works 96 percent of the time if done correctly whatever that means um and then, of course, they just have to squeeze it in there and say, hey, guess what? You like the article. Guess what else? Men fucking suck. So, whatever. I guess we could shit on men all day. Most shitty people I know are men. And also women. And also white. And also every other race. So, guess what? Do we all suck? Yep. Am I f so hot in this goddamn hoodie? I am. But is it nice? Yeah. Is the North Face... A sponsor for this podcast? No. Would I accept their money to advertise? Sure would. Sure would. And with that being said, people, I hope you learned a lot. And we're done here. I thank you for listening. Please support the podcast on Patreon. Support it on all of the platforms. You can support it on PayPal. You can support it on Patreon. You can subscribe. You can do a one-time donation. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want. Okay. Please rate and review the show on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe on YouTube, Spotify. You know the drill, okay? And I and I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you tuning in. I truthfully do. I, I am so grateful that, that people tune in and they listen and they give me feedback and they say, Brendan, I love you, or Brendan, I hate you. Literally, if someone comments, Brendan, you're a tool, and I've gotten that before, I it's still like the, the fact that you've watched and you interact. You've watched long enough to come to the conclusion that I'm a tool, and you still comment. I appreciate it. I don't know why. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should call you a dick. A big old dickhead. Okay? Maybe I should say that your parents were practicing the pullout method, and they got unlucky. They were in the 4%, not the 96%, and they gave birth to a dumb fuck. Maybe I should say that to you, but I don't. I don't, because I appreciate it, you know, I appreciate it, and, and to all the people that are listening, that maybe I will invite on the show one day, and you think that you should turn it down, because, listen, this is going to be the number one fucking show out there, in terms of science, because I have a personality that none of those other dudes can touch, no, no one can touch the amount of enthusiasm and the way in which I conduct this goddamn show no one can have my interviews in the past been eh, not so good some of them yeah but do i get better every goddamn time and am i going to keep getting better yes and i promise you that i will be at the very very top 
So, if you want to turn down the show, go ahead. But I'm going to change the game, okay? I, 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 just stop being a pussy. You know, I, I don't get like this idea that you're afraid of everything. You're afraid of getting cancelled. Because guess what? The pendulum is about to swing the other way. Alright? It used to be that no one cared what the hell anyone else said. And that every, and, and that America knew what a joke was. And then it swung the other way. And now you can't even say ass without getting cancelled. But guess what? It's going to go back. And it's going to go back. And when it goes back, I'm going to be one of the only people conducting science outreach like this. And it is going to change the game. And do you want to be on the bandwagon when it does? Do you want to be in tow when it when I do change the game? I hope so. Because if not, guess what? You're getting canceled. Because I'm going to run everything. I'm going to decide who does and doesn't get canceled. And if you're a bitch and you're afraid to be yourself, guess what? I am canceling you. So, taking you off the air. See ya, because I run the game now. Do I run the game now? Yes. Do you have to ask me permission for every podcast you upload within the science category? Yep, you sure do. So, you know, keep on going for now. But guess what? It's all changing. Bye-bye. Love ya.